you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey everyone, it is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur, and welcome to another great edition of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Can you believe it, everyone? We are on the first Friday of October. You know, I was saying this, that where did June go? Where did July go? Where did August go? Where did the whole summer go, everyone? That's what I want to know. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. So we have a great show for you guys tonight. And uh, just a lot to share with you about technology and what's happening. So let's kick it off and let's get right into this. All right. Um, first thing is Spotify buys a moderation firm. This is interesting. So Spotify is, I guess, getting a little more serious about um, harmful content on its platform. And this new um, audio streaming um, player has acquired the Dublin-based Kinzen a content moderation tech firm, and has been working with them since 2020. And the terms of the deal um, were not fully disclosed, but they were founded in 2017. And Kinzen has grown from moderating election-related content to targeting misinformation, disinformation, and hate speech, uh, according to uh, routers. So um, this is interesting, and it's now going to position Spotify's uh, announcement that they made in June that's really going to change the form of now being part of the safety advisory council to aid in the decisions about content moderation. So this is really interesting. I think it's a step in the right direction. And I'm happy to see that Spotify is taking this leap. And I think more uh, content platforms are going to do something similar because it's going to really be dictating the fate of where the company's going to go. And do they really care about the content or are they pretty much not caring about the content? So that's something that I, I think we have to stay tuned to. So definitely stay tuned to that. And uh, really happy about Spotify doing that. I think that's a great, great move. Uh, something else in the news. Uh, guest shares a terrible experience exiting Disney's Animal Kingdom. All right. This is interesting because, you know, we don't really hear uh, a lot of this, but... Um, you know, there was a guest uh, that was um, actually at uh, Animal Kingdom and uh, several other guests, and they were asked to evacuate, uh, not just adults, but uh, kids were asked to literally walk up a ladder 
and then uh, walk through the ground. Apparently, um, one of the tires um, had buckled out and um, the lines were around and um, they quickly got everyone out to safety. But, you know, um, it's interesting because Walt Disney didn't do anything but give everyone uh, one free fast lane pass. I don't know. Um, this open air vehicle going through in the uh, blue yonder of the um, Disney um, uh, animal uh, plethora has some risks. And um, they house 34 species that uh, roam free on 110 acres of land. And the animals include crocodiles, uh, wild beasts, lions, elephants, hippopotamus, uh, black rhinoceroses. Um, and really interesting to see, you know, what they're doing. But I was just surprised that more care didn't go into, I guess, the maintenance and the upkeep of these vehicles. Because something like this should have been caught, obviously, before they were on trail. So... Not too happy with Disney there, but uh, did want to share that story with you. And uh, at least no one got hurt. But um, unfortunately, people had to go through a lot of extra hodgepodge to get themselves to safety. So, again, not a, not a very good thing. Uh, but I'm happy everyone did get out uh, in a very, very uh, safe manner. So uh, Google's ex exploring your data. And here's proof. And what I really should say when I say the word exploring I shouldn't really say exploring. I should really say they are exploiting your data, okay? Because exploring is great, but really it's exploiting your data. And here's the proof. So um, there was an ex-Google uh, ad boss, uh, and he's now building a tracker-free search engine. So um, Google, as you know, does compile a lot of data on everyone. And I think it's a great idea that you use search engines like, uh, you know, the duck and stuff like that, because I feel that, unfortunately, um, Google can be bought and DuckDuckGo is a great uh, free search engine that you can use. that doesn't track you, even gives you some um, statuses on the side if you have the plugin installed with your browser to let you know whether you're an A, B, C, D. It gives you like a rating on this on the uh privacy of that site. So um, I'm not impressed with Google. I mean, I know that they help rank pages and stuff like that, but I don't know. I feel that um, it has me worried because they're more concerned about making money than they are about people's uh, safety and security. So, I mean, that's just the truth. Uh, just the other day, I was having a conversation with one of the um, – supposedly Google ad specialists. But what I learned about these Google ad specialists and, and being quite honest here, I've used Google for quite a long time and I've used Google ads for quite a long time. And, uh, you know, we were testing this out and they said, you know, we can guarantee you that, you know, we're going to build you a much better ad and we're going to get you better traffic. I have to tell you, the person that I originally was talking to, the triage person, was nothing but a con artist. He was like, well, this is the way it's going to be. If you don't like it, then, you know, we won't work with you. I mean, he was just like this, how can I say, egotistical person. And um, the other interesting thing about Google 
is that um, they don't hire um, people to work for Google. They have outside companies that are like contractors. So when you deal with these companies, it's like almost impossible. You deal with these people from all over the world. And then they don't call you back whenever you want. They don't understand the time zones. And it's always a mess. And then if you try to message them, you can't get back to them because, hey, they're Google. And I guess Google can get back to you if and when they ever want to. So not really in love with the way they did that. And um, I was unhappy with my campaign several weeks ago. Tried to get in touch with them. Of course, nobody got back to me. There was no way to message them because my message was still uh, in a queue waiting. And the person several weeks ago never showed up to my meeting. He didn't even bother to call me or anything. And every time you call them, because you can only call one number for the Google Ads uh, team, you get some people that are not in our country. They ask you 50 million questions, not really 50 million, but they ask you a lot. It takes about five or 10 minutes. And they're just so inefficient. And the thing that really got me was when I started looking at my Google ad campaign, I was like, they don't even have the town right. So my town is Franklin Lakes. They put Franklin. I'm like, are these people like for real? You're supposed to be Google ad specialists. They're Google ad. I don't know. I just call them Google ad wannabes because they don't know what they're doing. They make it sound like they're so great, but you can probably do better. I did better. Um, you know, but if I didn't have experience, I still would have done better. And what they do is they get your campaign to spend money. So it looks like it's doing well but I want to share a tip with you. Your campaign's going to crash and burn if you don't get conversions in the first seven days or sooner. Why do I say that? So when you get Google, they um, want you to commit to spending usually at least $15 a day, but then they always try to up it to more. And uh, they tell you that they're going to build this amazing um, Google campaign for you. The first guy kind of, you know, sings you a song and a dance. Two or, three day, two or three days later, the guy who was talking all about it, he knew nothing. He was just a triage person, but he really has no knowledge. He sends you off to somebody else who says, oh, you're going to speak to a Google ad specialist. Yeah, wow. They're horrible. And so um, I spoke to one, explained my challenges. And... All they did was just set my campaign to reach some very high sites, but they weren't targeted. Like they just picked sites that were going to spend my money. And so that's the problem I have with them. Maybe they do some good things. Maybe they have some good searches, but I have to tell you um, the Google ads team is not like the way they used to be many years ago. Now you can blame it on pandemic. Uh, you can blame it on so many things. But the truth of the matter is, they're just out to getting your money. Uh, I had another friend of mine that actually tried to create a Google ad account. And they did. And uh, then they tried to set up their payment. Well, unfortunately, the person put the wrong information in a spot. It was an innocent mistake. You know what they did to my friend? They actually suspended the account. He messaged them back, explained what happened, messaged them again. And then finally, after four weeks, he got a message back saying the account is going to stay suspended. I mean, who are these people? Like, just because they can help us find things on the web, that doesn't mean they should act like that. And I don't know if it's Google's 
Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Actual um, modus to be doing things like this, or if Google's unaware of the way their contractors are treating uh, their clients like crap. They're losing clients, I can tell you that. And they're very good at getting your campaign to spend money, but they're lousy about getting it, it to convert. In fact, what they'll probably tell you is, oh, the reason your campaign is not doing well, you got to spend more money. Well, any idiot can tell you that. But if it's not targeted properly, for example, if I'm targeting tech, they had me on movie sites. They had me on sites that were not even related to the people in my business, not even business owners. I'm like, come on, Google. So I just decided I wasn't going to even waste any more time with that. Uh, he actually called me back, this uh, triage guy that I originally spoke to who was absolutely horrible. Um, I'd be ashamed to say that I was um, part of the Google team because he did such a bad job. And I told him I was done with him. And he basically said, well, can I get some feedback? I said, sure. I said, how, how horrible and lousy you guys? Absolutely. I'll be happy to share how lousy you are. And I explained to him how you guys really don't know what you're doing. You just kind of con people. Maybe that's not your intent. But you really don't know about people's businesses. And you try to make them believe that you're going to be their magic bullet, that you're going to help them. And I just have to tell you that if you had the premonition like I did, like they were going to be like the saving grace, like they were going to help you, they're not. They're just going to get your campaign to spend lots of money very, very quickly. And if you don't spend money very quickly, well, they're going to stop bothering with you. And uh, when I told them that the campaign that I built actually is performing better than the campaigns they built, they kind of denied it. So, Maybe Google doesn't know what they're doing. Maybe they do. I don't know. But all I know is that if I was the head of Google and I had these outsourced companies working for me and I saw what they were doing, I would fire them because they don't even know what's going on. Somebody that couldn't even listen to a video call and watch it and hear and see an email that, that said the towns that I want to target, they just put things that were close that's not a good job. And then they take days to get back to you. I mean, days. It, it, it's just a joke. There are much better ways to advertise than using Google AdWords. Um, the thing is, you know, they don't even let you target now certain types of business anymore. Like as a tech company, I can't even say that we do tech support because they've had all these scam problems. I don't know. I'm very disappointed with you guys, Google. I just use you for what I use you for, and that's it. But I don't really bank on you to make my money because at the end of the day, you know, you're a company with information and you're all about money. You're not about helping my site get better. And as my site does grow, you're going to serve me up anyway because if you don't, you're going to look like a fool. So if I have great quality content, of course, Google's going to serve it up. I mean, they have to, right? And if they don't, I really don't care because I got so many other platforms. I mean, just on Facebook alone, I had close to 35,000 views. 
So Google, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why your ad service is the way it is, but I'm not happy with it. Um, why? First of all, um, this isn't just me, but this is a lot of people. Um, there is a gentleman here, and I'm going to read you verbatim what he says. Uh, I'm not going to give you his name, but I'm going to quote exactly what he says. He wrote something on February 4th, 2022. Why Google ad support sucks, and there's nobody with any power in the U.S. to speak to. Quote, I originally had this amazing ad specialist in India dedicated to my account who was pleasant and knowledgeable. We worked together for close to two years to get my ads up to where I wanted. I increased my ad spend significantly and then was reassigned to the Google Ads call center in India where the service is terrible. And if they can't answer your questions, they politely hang up on you and then completely hang up the call before you can review them. I have searched endlessly for contact information to speak to a higher up to discuss these issues and get nowhere. I've called Google in the U.S. and can't get anywhere. I have even asked the call center who plays a game. I'm not allowed to transfer calls. There's no manager to speak to. I'm just about ready to completely cancel all my ads and dedicate all of the thousands I spend every month on Google ads to other platforms like Facebook, who give you a dedicated ad specialist in the U.S. with knowledge and who can treat you with respect. In fact, in shutting off all my ads as soon as I am done typing this message, does anyone have an email or phone number for the manager in the United States in charge of Google Ads accounts? Now, I want to tell you that Facebook is not all peaches and cream either. You're better off to do what you want to do on there as well, like yourself. Okay. So what I want to share with you is that here's another complaint. So there are lots of complaints from these people. Okay. Um, this is what the uh, product expert from Google said, and I quote, Hi, blank. I understand your frustration. I'm pretty familiar with the Google ad support lines. And unless you're starting a new account, you'll be hard pressed to find someone to spe uh, specifically talk to about your issue other than your assigned account strategist. They do review account assignments on a quarterly basis. So next one would be up for review at the beginning of April. Is there anything we can help you with in the community forum? So really what they're trying to do is get you to figure out how to spend money fast. That, that's really what it's about. Um, there's no escalation process. There's really no way of anything. I don't want you to think that Facebook is the best either, but you can get a lot more bang for your buck on Facebook. I mean, this is the truth. So I've had this experience. My clients have had this experience and they used to be good. But whatever happened, I don't know, they blame it on the fact that they don't have staff. They have all this money, but they can't hire staff. They hire these subservient people that can't even figure out their way through a paper bag. I mean, literally. And when they don't have an answer to your question, they hang up on you. I mean, is that suck or is that just rude? I think that's rude.
So um, definitely wanted to share that with you. And again, I'm not the only one that had been frustrated with them. But when I told them that I would no longer be spending my ad campaign budget with them uh, and I have to run, I said goodbye. I'll probably never hear from them again. Very, very disappointed. Um, they're a micromanaged company, but they just give terrible results. They're about one thing, ladies and gentlemen, and that's about money. That's all they're about. They're about money. That's it. End of story. All right. So imagine, ladies and gentlemen, riding around San Francisco in a driverless taxi. What would that be like? Think about that for a moment, right? Pretty cool. All right. So in San Francisco, a futuristic pilot uh, is now taking place, as I just explained to you. A driverless robo-taxi uh, are being allowed at night for paying members of the public. Um, this company says the cars will revolutionize transport. But critics say putting fully autonomous taxis on urban streets is premature and dangerous. I think right now there's a lot more R&D that has to go into this. And I think a lot of people want to jump this way, but it's not the right method. It's not the right method because there are too many variables that we don't know on the streets from, let's say, light levels to uh, other approaching cars. We've already seen several cars that do autonomous driving that aren't taxis but just our drive, driverless cars have accidents. And they say, well, that's just an anomaly. Okay, fine. So you want to be sitting in a car and, well, I'm sorry, we didn't, we didn't figure out that. Yeah, that was another anomaly. We didn't know that, you know, when the light was actually green and the other one was turning red at the same time, uh, we might not be able to anticipate that and we might suddenly go through the light. I mean, I'm just making this up, but my point is that these cars are not ready for the road. I mean, no way are they ready for the road. I mean, I think it's a problem. I think it's a big problem. And we saw what happened uh, not too long ago with that emergency uh, vehicle that couldn't get anywhere because uh, it was being hindered by this driverless taxi. So uh, big problems. I'm not a fan of them yet. I think they may have some potential in the future, but I think a lot more R&D has to go through. And I also think that we need to limit the roads that they're on. So let's say that they're in a test community and maybe they're on for certain times so we can test them. I would recommend during the day and that we test certain areas, maybe some back roads, but maybe not on main roads yet. So we would want them to drive on, let's say, non-major highways, but back streets. And let's just see how they navigate that plane. And if they do, great. But if they don't, then I think we really need to step back. I think it's really about the investors right now. And they're the ones that are pushing these cars to hit the road sooner than they're really ready. And, you know, if they hit the road sooner than they're ready, you know what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to have a big problem. And the problem we're going to have is accidents. I mean, that, that's just that's that's no surprise are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner hopefully for anyone uh, to know. And uh, and some other interesting news, we've talked about this uh, once before. The EU Parliament approves common charging cable uh, from 2024. We talked about this before, uh, that a USB-C charger uh, right besides Apple's proprietary lightning cable uh, would now be um, required. And smartphones and tablets, including the Apple, iPhone, and iPad, would have to use a USB-C charger from 2024, while laptop manufacturers would have until 2026 to make the switch to the USB-C charger. Uh, There were 602 votes in favor and 13 against, with eight abstaining. Obviously, we know that motion passed, right? So members um, stated that, uh, you know, being that this was granted uh, not too long ago, it's going to make technology easier, and I think it's going to create a pathway with a lot less confusion. So I'm happy to see that this got done. I know this was a lot of red tape for people. Uh, you know, which charger do I need again, and how many cables do I need to pull out of my drawer, right? So now we're going to have something a little better. So I'm happy to see that, and I'm going to give a kudos off to the EU Parliament for definitely coming around with that idea. Good idea, everyone. So here's something interesting. Imagine streaming videos, right? Like we do all the time. But how about if streaming videos could actually produce heat in people's homes? Hmm. That sounds interesting. But how would that work? That's a great question, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to share that with you right now. So um, when we use a computer, we obviously create heat. Where else is there a lot of heat? In data centers. But you probably didn't know that data centers waste a lot of heat. Yes. Huge amounts of heat are dissipated by servers and, as I said, oftentimes wasted. But there's one particular data center in Denmark that's now providing hot water and warmth to people's homes. How do they do this? Really simply. So they take the uh, hot air that's coming off the servers and they push that up to the roof to over 200 plus heat exchangers and tubes And um, they then take that, raising it to the higher temperature and pushing it back out. So they're actually taking um, the city's uh, water, if you will, coming in, and then they're pushing it back out hot. And that's how they're getting their, you know, their their steam heat. Pretty cool um, innovation. I think this is something that we're going to see around the globe. It's definitely a very intelligent idea. And it shows that if we put our heads together, we really can use technology 
to not only empower us, but keep us a lot more efficient in the things that we do every day for not only ourselves, but for keeping our environment clean. All right. So uh, another interesting story is uh, the jury finds former Uber security chief guilty of concealing a data breach. Oh, this is just really great. So um, you all remember um, the San Francisco jury, and they had found, um, you know, some cause for this. But later uh, they went back and actually it was actually uh, just a few days ago. Um, the San Francisco jury found the Uber Technologies, Inc., Uber, U-B-E-R dot N, former chief security officer, Joseph Sullivan, guilty of criminal obstruction for failing to report a 2016 cybersecurity incident to the authorities. A spokesperson from the Department of Justice confirmed this just recently. So when we think about this, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what's going on? Why do companies like this try to hide information like this? Why? I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, they're afraid, okay? And uh, this data breach in 2016 uh, at the Uber facilities actually affected, get this, ladies and gentlemen, not 1 million, not 2 million, not 5 million, 57 million passengers and drivers. Ouch. Sullivan was fired from Uber in 2017, and uh, he was found guilty on two counts, namely obstruction of justice and deliberate concealment, which is uh, a felony. And so um, it was interesting to see how this all played out. But Uber is accepting the responsibility. So it seems like this is not the culture of Uber in what they're attempting to do. And once they did learn about it, they were responsible. So I think we can't really ask more of Uber. Uh, but I think we have to be cognizant of who our CSO, who our CIO are. And are they concealing information? Do we have reports of what's going on? Um, are we all aware of data breaches in the company at the executive level? We should be. Data breaches happen every single day in our world. And this data breach that happened caused a big problem in cybersecurity. After the smaller breach in 2004 that saw hackers access approximately 50,000 consumers' personal information. You know, I think people don't realize it's not just about money. It's about privacy and security. Now, I'm not going to mention the other company because it's not uh, in uh, any legal proceedings yet. But there is a another company out there, um, you know, that does, um, let's say, uh, driving for uh, deliveries for restaurants beside Uber. And uh, this particular restaurant had a major breach. And now... People are still entering information into their app. I would want some kind of, I don't know, assurance that they've done anything, but they haven't published anything that they've solved the issue. I'm not going to tell you who it is, 
But I think this becomes a major problem for companies, for individuals, right? And what do these companies do? Oh, we'll give you one free year of uh, identity watch protection. Big deal, right? Big deal. People don't realize that once the damage is done, it's done. And this can be a major, major problem for people. This isn't something that you can just get out of in 20 minutes. This is something that could take people months or even longer, like years to get out of. I think it just comes down to a question of sometimes people being lazy. That's what it comes down to. Laziness. Laziness is something that a lot of tech companies are guilty of. And not all of them, but I'm going to say some, and it's because they don't quite get what's going on. Right? They, they, they don't quite get what's going on. And so um, now that we understand that, hopefully you can understand what's going on. I feel that a lot of people get concerned They're concerned because of how it's going to impact them as an individual. But I don't think companies understand what it means to be taking accountability and responsibility. That's the truth. I mean, we all know that cyber threats are around all the time, right? But do people really take the time to understand what went wrong and what we need to do to make sure things are okay? And I'm going to have to tell you the answer is no. Not because they don't want to. Sometimes it's because they don't know how. Sometimes it's because they don't have the resources, right? We all know about the Yahoo data breach that happened uh, 2013 to 2016, right? Uh, we know about um, the collection data breach in 2019, 2.2 .2 billion usernames and associated passwords, right? Uh, the Adahar data breach in 2018. The uh, FDR, First American Financial Corporation, which does so many transactions for credit cards. Data breached 885 million records. Data breached 
breaches with verification sites, even a breach from the people that do your credit report in 2017, 605 million records of 147 million people. There was a Facebook data breach in 2019, 540 million records. Crazy. There was a breach, ladies and gentlemen, Marriott had a data breach. 2018, 500 million records. There was the Friend Finder dating network data breach in 2016. 412 million user accounts. The U.S. voter data breach in 2017 on 198 million American voters. So these numbers are alarming. And so I think, as I've said before, it's not a question of if you're going to get attacked, but when, if you're not properly protected. Now, when we think about, you know, data breaches, we think about different things happening, it all comes down to accountability and responsibility. However, accountability and responsibility seem to just get swept under the rug when there is not a financial or fiduciary responsibility. Let me explain that. So let's say your company XYZ um, had a data breach and you're not doing the right thing by notifying people, which is what you should do. However, if that company now has a fine imposed on it, or is threatened that they will have a fine if they do not disclose that they have a data breach, suddenly people want to become accountable. Not because they want to, but because they have to. You see, I think the biggest problem in cybersecurity right now is that people react not because they want to, but because they have to. In cybersecurity every day, I react because I want to, because I want to stay safe. Not because I have to. I want to be ahead of the curve all the time. But too many people out there feel that, oh, it'll never happen to me. I'm just doing some photos or, you know, I don't really have much on my computer. If they get anything, it's okay. Or I don't really have much in that account. You know, I'll just get a new credit card. I don't think you realize what it means when your data gets exposed. What I want to share with you right now is something really, really shocking. How long, if I asked you right now, ladies and gentlemen, how long does it take to fix? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? How long does it take to fix identity Well, it can take anywhere from 100 to 200 hours over six months or more. And the recovery process may involve working with the three major credit bureaus to request a fraud alert, reviewing credit reports to pinpoint fraudulent activity, and so much more. The most important thing I want to share with you is, if this ever happens to you, is to document everything. So myself as a cyber fraud investigator or other cyber fraud investigators can help you 
because I think what happens is even though we want to remember things, the memory of your mind actually reconstructs things, but maybe not in the same way that it happened. So it's important to get that stuff on paper as quickly as possible. I mean, that is just so vital. I cannot explain it to you anymore. Having the intent and having a corporate culture that believes in protecting your data, that wants to make sure that not only your data is protected, but the data of all the customers they serve. You see, that's a good company to work for. You probably worked for a company before where they take a credit card, they write down a piece of paper, and they shove it in a drawer, and then later they just burn it or they shred it. See, that's not ethical. When you use a provider like Authorize.net and you store a credit card number, you don't store it on your system. They store it as a secure record, and you send them a key based on this information to allow it to be used. But the credit card number can never be viewed on your server. It's encrypted on their server. So I think a lot of people don't take the time, don't bother to keep their own and their customers' information safe because they figure, well, you know, what's the big deal? Or they'll keep their own stuff safe, but they won't keep their customers' stuff safe. See, that's the problem I have. Identity fraud can happen like that. And if you're not aware of what's happening, that's a big problem. That's a very big problem. And we know that cyber fraud is growing every single day in our world. Every single day. Why? Because people are letting others get away with it. I was talking to a neighbor the other day. And this one, our neighborhood got... 32 cars stolen in a few months. Why? The cars were left in the driveway or they were left in the garage and the keys were left in the car. You're probably saying, well, how did that happen? Well, they're inside jobs. Maybe they were landscapers. Maybe they did work on the property, et cetera. And they knew the garage access code and things like that. So I want to share another thing with you that's really vital tonight. If you have people um, that you don't know very well, uh, temporary employees or people, it's important to give them temporary access, whether it's your business or your home, and make sure that access can be immediately revoked and that you can track it. So many people become trusted because they seem like a nice person. But then you realize that nice person just wiped you out, just stole from you. And you never would think to even suspect that person because they're so nice to you. Those are the ones that might do it to you. So if you have this attitude that you are not as trusting and that you are slow to trust people, then you'll be less likely to be taken advantage of. And so when you have a car or whatever it is, lock it up. Take the key. Put the key in the house. If you have valuables, you go to a hotel, put the valuables in a safe. Put the password on the safe, right? Um, if you have something really valuable, take it with you, right? I mean, you shouldn't be traveling with lots of valuables anyway. Or you could always put it in a hotel safe, right? 
So I think knowing what's going on is really 85 to 90% of what could save you from your identity to things getting stolen from you to actually making sure that you don't become a victim. And you're going to hear me talk about this on a lot of shows because I am tired of people that become victims. I'm not mad at them, but I'm just tired of hearing that they became a victim. And if I can just get one or two of you out there to say, wait a minute, I don't want to become a victim like John said, that would make me so very happy. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who I am by now, don't you? I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. It has been an amazing privilege, pleasure, and honor to be with you again on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, the first uh, show for the month of October. We have lots more great shows, and we have guests coming up in the next couple months, so you're definitely going to want to hang around. Check out our other great stuff. Also, check out BelieveMeAchieve.com, which has some amazing stuff to help you improve the quality of your life. Definitely like, love, support my channel. Comment below. What do you think about tonight's show? Of course, tag your friends, colleagues, and associates below any one of my shows. Just click on that PayPal link and make the choice to buy my team and I a savory um, slice of watermelon, piece of cake, or maybe a nice, delicious hot chocolate. Either way, we'll be grateful with those pennies and dollars. We'll invest them into new hardware, new technology, new equipment, new software, even new facilities to give you the most jaw-dropping, motivational, inspirational content to empower your life, to change and become a better version of yourself. If you'd like to become a guest on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, simply visit jmor.com. Click on Reach Out Today. Let us know you want to be a guest. And this little profile you fill out. Remember, we don't accept everyone, and this is a pitch to us, but we're not looking for you to sell us. We're looking for you to tell us why you'd be a good guest. If we think it makes sense, we'll invite you for a pre-interview. After that, we'll decide if it makes sense to bring you on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, we are not a sales show. I cannot express that enough. This is not a sales show. So if your intent is to get on our show to sell a product, you're not getting on our show. Have yourself a great rest of your weekend. I can't wait to see you again on another Jay Moore Tech Talk show or on another video that I produce. You know, I produce so many. I hope you'll definitely check them out. I'll see you guys real soon. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Be sharp. Be alert. And remember, don't be too trusting. Unfortunately, there are people that may just take advantage of you, and that wouldn't be too good. live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County.
Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org.